Hey listeners, Hit the Books podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, and more. Be sure to tune in each week at like, rate, and subscribe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 27 of Hit the Books, the sports gambling podcast that gives you the best tips and tricks to beat the odds. Lots of good stuff from the boys recently from our daily cards. More on that soon. This week is a heavy week for the NHL. The trade deadline is happening this week, this Friday, so there are more trades than I can read, and we will review some of them here. The NBA is moving right along, and we want to go over who's taking over the league as of lately. Lots of... Lots more fun and intriguing content coming in the next few weeks, so make sure to tune in. Let's jump in and introduce my co-hosts for this week's episode, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Mackie, let's start off with you this week. What's happening, buddy? Nice to see you here this week. Yeah, what's going on, boys? It's another week back in the pod, um, doing what we love. Uh, had a had a few rough days recently. Um, college basketball card went 1-4 yesterday. Uh, first big losing day we've had in a while. Still sitting at... Right around plus twenty units, so um, all the cards are still doing well. Um, we're sitting in plus in, in all of them, plus in our d- plus double units in NHL and college basketball. M- NBA is going to get there soon. Um, season's dwindling down, getting ready for playoffs. You know that's when we really lock in. So best is yet to come. We we'll just keep rolling with us, and uh, yeah, we're just just doing what we want, what we're doing. You said it good, Mackie. Not much more to say there. Ace, let's shoot it over to you next. Another week on the pod, like Mackie said. What do you got for us? Yeah, um, like Mackie said, we're just going to keep on keeping on on those daily cards. I mean, we've got so many plus units there. I think we had a tweet out the other day about if you tailed all of our daily card picks for these three sports that we've been ripping, you'd be up above 35 units or something like that. So definitely want to keep those numbers up. I think our quest is to get to 50. And uh, my Bruins helping us last night with a come-from-behind thriller two games in a row. They've been winning. Sure, we'll get into some talk about that. So I'm riding high still on that. And uh, the rest of the leagues are heating up, and it's March time now. So I'm locked in on college basketball too. So I'll definitely be uh, ready to tail those picks and hear what the boys have to say. Ready to go again this week. Yes, the quest to plus 50 units is on. It seems like this uh, month of March here, this March Madness, is the prime time to do so. So make sure you keep up on those cards like the boys have been saying. All right, Huff, let's shoot it over to you last. What do you got for us this week? Another week here. Nothing else for me. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, like everyone said, not much going on with me. We had some great success last week on the cards. Uh, after, I think, me and Mackie last week, we were talking about we wanted to get to 25 units by the end of the season. And uh, after last night, we're not over 25 units anymore, but we were up to 26 at one point. Uh, NBA has been sitting right around nine and uh, finally got the NHL card back up to double digits. So anytime we got success on the books, I know we've had a cold couple of days the past couple of days, but. Anytime you got success on the books, it's a good week. So, um, other than that, not much going on. Excited to be back. March 1st, uh, it's about time. March Madness right around the corner, about two weeks. We got the conference tournaments coming up. It's going to be a great next couple of weeks. 
Yes, March Madness right around the corner. Super excited for that, but not without the NHL trade deadline happening here this Friday. We'll jump into that there short, here shortly. But first, let's jump into some news in the NFL. A couple little points here. An arrest warrant has been issued for Georgia defense tackle and potential number one overall pick Jalen Carter. Carter has been accused of reckless driving and racing, resulting in a crash. This incident stems from the January 15th incident that ended the life of former teammate and staff member. What do we think here, guys? Could this affect his draft stock coming into the, you know, now that the combine's happening? I believe he spoke today. I didn't get any quotes or anything on that, but what do we think? I I think it definitely will. I mean, anything you see something like this with a lottery pick, um, yeah, definitely messes with their draft stock. And um, this is a guy who I saw he was projected fourth in the mock draft, but um, he a lot of people thought he was going to go first overall to the to Bears have it, right? Yeah, to the Bears because they don't want a quarterback. So that's a good spot for them. That's a good spot for him. But after all this, I don't really know. I don't really know much about the situation, Huff. I know you know a little more than I do. But, um, I mean, in terms of, like, affecting his draft stock, I think it's definitely going to be a big problem for for him down the road. I mean, basically, yeah. But I'm right there with you. But basically what I found out upon it, I got the headline this morning, and I I mean, I looked into it briefly. Um, Probably not enough to give a full opinion on it. But, like I said, I saw he's being accused of, uh, being a part of the the car crash, the accident, whatever it was that killed the other teammate and the staff member of the Georgia football team. I think it was like right around January 15th. I believe Jesse said it, but um, he's being accused of that. And then I think he fled the scene or left the scene. I could be wrong on that. But I mean, as like you said, a top four projected, top three projected overall pick and um, the talent we've seen come out of Georgia. We obviously saw him have a successful year last year and him declaring for the NFL draft. It was looking like all you know, up and up for him. And this kind of news breaks in mid-January or as we hit now March headed into the combine. He's speaking at the combine about legal issues instead of football. That's never a look you want headed into the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah, Huff. Like you said, not a good look there. And uh, just on the heels of that story we had last week about the college basketball players out of Alabama. So some tough things to hear about for some young prospects coming about. Um, Yeah, I was just reading up on it after I heard about that news. And that's a pretty tough scene there, allegedly being alongside the crash, leaving the scene, and now uh, misleading the police, and now it's being brought back up. So not something I like to hear. Definitely going to hurt his draft stock. I know he didn't work out at the Combine, but he didn't do those interviews. So um, got to see where how this folds out and where he ends up in the draft, who's willing to take a chance on him. Hopefully he can get that settled and clean up his act a bit. Um, definitely not something you like to hear around a great time for young athletes. I didn't know the thing about he misled the police. What they say about that, or do you know anything about that? Yeah, I was I was reading that. It said um he was like misleading them as in he when they questioned him earlier, he said that he was miles away from that. He had no clue, but now it's arising that he was the car right next to him when the crash happened, and then fled the scene. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Obviously, just like we said last week with the Brandon Miller thing, and like you said, you mentioned that. Um, I think this is a very developing story. Is similar to when we were talking about Brandon Miller last week. This is on my TV right behind me. Sports Center just can't wait, can't get enough of this in- or this story right now. So uh, I think this is something you'll see it kind of unfold throughout the rest of the week. Obviously, with the combine, this is going to be you know ESPN's top story. They're all over right now, and a top four pick. I mean, it has to be, it has to be right. I mean, arguably one of the best Georgia defensive players. Like he could go. Uh, we haven't seen a Georgia defensive player go this high in how long? 
and they're known for their defense and defense and defense. I just feel like they they always Two get time studs. National championship. Get... Yeah. 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 So he's got the championship pedigree too. It will be interesting to see how this folds out. I mean, I'm sure we'll get much more news before the draft even happens, which is good for an NFL team at least. You you have it sorted out before going into the year. Also, I'm an idiot. I was saying, when's the last time we've seen a Georgia defensive player go this high? Last year, Trayvon Walker. I'm an idiot. Just forget I said that whole thing. Yeah, I said that, but my mic is muted, and then you just didn't answer. So I thought I said something wrong, but then I realized my mic is muted. So I'm sitting, I'm so sitting that- here thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, there's been someone, and then I'm like, last <laughs> year, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, it would. I mean, if it's gonna happen, it would be after a national championship. Yeah, exactly. That obviously with that defense too. So. Yeah, little little mind little mind skip right there. Totally just forgot about Trayvon Walker, but he didn't have that great of a rookie year, so I don't know if I'm really gonna need to be remembering his name much much more. Give me a reason to remember your name. How about that? Very interesting there. I guess we'll see what happens with him come next few weeks and such here. All right, next point I got here out of the NFL: the Packers GM Brian Gutenkunst said that he has not spoken to quarterback Aaron Rodgers other than a few brief text message conversations. The Packers are remaining open on who will be their starting quarterback in 2023. What do we think, boys? Do we think Rodgers has played his last game in the green and gold? I, I don't know what to think. Ace, why don't you start, about, start us off on this one? I'll give you a very quick answer. No, he did not play his last game in the green and gold. I know that he likes to be in the news kind of like Tom Brady with like where he's going to be and what he's thinking and everybody has Aaron Rodgers on the top of their minds so that way remember that he's relevant still a great quarterback but I think he's going to be in Green Bay nowhere else is really going to put up with these antics and you've built that career there so long I mean you're going to walk into a tough situation uh wherever you go with that team and they they started to turn out at the end of the year that second half of the season for the Green Bay Packers was pretty solid in my opinion and those rookie wide receivers they drafted for him they say he used to like to say they didn't give him any help. They were starting to come on the scene. We saw Christian Watson turn up. We saw um, Romeo Dobbs show out a bit. And they give Aaron, Aaron Jones that deal. I know they say that people took his boy in Devontae Adams, but Aaron Jones is another guy he likes to have. And that defense will be coming back stronger. I think in a weak division up there in the NFC North, why not come back? I mean, it's your home. They let you do whatever you want. And you you have a chance to win in year in and year out, especially with that fraudulent Vikings team. So you hear what you guys have to say about this Rodgers situation. I don't really want to like speak on this because I don't really know. Like, I really have no idea. I mean, we've seen this go so many different ways multiple times. Aaron Rodgers is a weirdo too, so um, I could actually just see him hanging it up. But I think since Tom Brady did that, I think he wants his own spotlight for next year, so I think he'll play another year. And uh, like Ace alluded to, that team was good at the end of the season. They just missed the playoffs just by um, couldn't get it done in week week eighteen, I guess it is now. But um. Uh, you could definitely see him come back and run it back with those young wide receivers who actually who he has some faith in now. With Christian, him and Christian Watson got something really going towards the end of that season. Um, first few games, I know that he was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he was new to the offense and banged up a bit too. Yeah, and it, it was just he he was scared to like drop a ball, and that obviously that makes you more prone to drop a ball when you have all the nerves going. And I think once he actually got it going, him and Aaron Rodgers got that relationship going, they had a really good connection. And uh, why not come back for another year and just run that back, see what they can do in that, and like you said, a weak division. You, you remember how many times we all hit that uh, Christian Watson anytime touchdown bet throughout the year on the card? I mean, that was dude, it was juiced. It was, with it the was price so juiced. on it, like it was crazy. <laughs> 
It was like plus two ninety, like most of the season. <laughs> that was, was he too. had to be one of the most profitable anytime touchdown scorers, and it's not because he scored all the time. It's because his odds were consistent enough with mm, for how many times value. he scored. It was the value there every time. But I mean, my take. I kind of, I'm just kind of starting to agree with what Ace said. I think if he comes back, I think it is going to be in a Packer uniform. I don't know. I think all these big name stories. I mean, it'd be fun to see him go to the Jets and see if he can save the Jets, or you know, go to the Raiders and link back up with uh, Devontae Adams and see what he could do with that Vegas team. But I mean, the Packers aren't that far off. That division isn't that great. I mean, the Lions are gonna. They're they're on the up and coming. The Lions are gonna be a good team next year. I think the Lions are a playoff team next year. I mean, if they play the same football they are, but that division is kind of similar to the NFC South. It's kind of wide open. I know the Vikings have a pre- had a pretty good year last year, but they're another team that's pretty inconsistent. They haven't really shown to put it together year in and year out. And I mean, a couple injuries, that Vikings team, I'm just not too big on them. I didn't really like them to go too far last year. But I mean, I think if Rodgers comes back, I think it is going to be for the Packers. I'm starting to agree with that take. But um, I don't. I just think that all the storylines that they're the ESPN and all these other big name media companies are biting off, you know, Rodgers to the Jets, Rodgers here, Rodgers there. I just think when you've been with a system for that long, like Ace said, I think that's where you want to stay and uh, just run it back one more year. I, I know he has a good relationship with Matt LaFleur, and I know things have gotten rocky with the Packers front office and him, but, I mean, he's playing football. They're they're up in the front office. I, all that really matters, he has a good relationship with the head coach, in my opinion. Yeah, Huff, that's that's a good point there. I have two two more on this, this subject before we switch it over, but... um. Like you said, as a veteran guy, you don't want to go somewhere brand new. And even if he was looking into all of that, wouldn't you think he wouldn't be on a retreat finding himself? He would actually be looking for his next opportunity. Mackie, let me, let me hear you. What about Tom Brady? He did it three years ago and won a championship. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a different story. I know. Though. I I know what you're saying. It is Tom Brady, but uh, it that's exact. That's literally exactly what he did. Well, Brady left a tougher division to go to a weaker one also. I mean, look at the places that Rodgers could go. We're hearing links to Vegas. What, do you want to go play Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? And now the Broncos are a formidable team. What, do you want to go Josh Allen and those up-and-coming Dolphins, Bill Belichick and the Jets? I mean, like, it's that's tough spots to go to. I mean, not only is that division wide open, like Huff was saying, that whole conference is wide open. Think about the end of the year. Didn't they play that Eagles team tight in the link? I mean, they can go toe-to-toe with any team, especially with Rodgers at the helm a healthier roster I, I see no reason not to go back and I don't think they have a plan B if he doesn't I think everybody's assuming he's going to be there and I'm going to make it an assumption that he is I know what they say about assuming but I'm going to assume that Packers are going to get Aaron Rodgers back yeah I, I think that's his best bet like you said those those teams that he's linked to going to are just not a good spot for him to win a division and go make a deep uh, playoff run but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what he does. Like I said last week, if I'm a free agent quarterback, the only the only division I'm even considering going anywhere is the NFC South. Just give me the NFC South. Huff, what about this real quick? The NFC West. It's an interesting division. 49ers, do any of them, do any, do any of those teams have their long-term answer at quarterback? No. No, but that dude, that division has gone from the most powerhouse division to like there's just only one team now. I mean, the Seahawks are on the up. I mean, that defense, and then you got the Ram- you got to believe the Rams will be back a bit with McVay and everything. They they had the biggest Super Bowl hangover I've ever seen. And the Niners are the Niners, and then the Cardinals. I don't really understand what's going on with Kyler Murray and them. So I I think that's a wild card division for someone to go to and take over. I think the most the team out of those that obviously I would want to go to if I'm a quarterback, definitely number one is the Niners. But 
other than the Niners for all the given reasons out of the other three kind of dumpster fires, mini dumpster fires, I guess you'd say, I'd definitely go to Seattle. And that's not even just because I kind of am a fan of them. I think they're the most young and up and coming out of the Rams and uh, Cardinals and Seahawks. Playing in that Sean McVay offense really wouldn't be that terrible either. You have Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball. You have some names on every every side. You get Cooper Cup back and good old line, good coach. I mean, there's not bad fits out there. And I, I just want to see someone take over and see who really takes that division. I know the Niners kind of own it, but not from a quarterback sense. I mean, not really anybody. No, Geno it's just Smith, defensive. But I also think Geno Smith staying in Seattle. Oh no! Did, yeah, that's but what he's I was not. Say. How many more years? Though? Didn't they say that they're gonna try to draft a quarterback? They, they, he. I heard they're like eyeing, or they think they're gonna draft Lil, Will Levis from Kentucky. Yeah, you're gonna. I mean, uh, why would you? Why would you sit Will Levis for? Is that Gino your quarterback Smith? of the future? We'll have to see that. Well, no, in a you can. Years, you can let him sit for a year. I mean, it worked out for the. But it's not Mahomes. Yeah. But behind a, a, I don't know. That team was good with who, who was it, Alex Smith. Alex Smith, yeah. Yeah, they were they were like thirteen and three the year before. Seahawks were supposed to, like they barely made a wild card game. Yeah, why wouldn't you draft a QB then? I think that's in their long term plans, and it has been the whole year. They overachieved a lot this year. No, I'm They've not. Built I'm, not their... saying, I'm saying that they're they're just not going to roll with Geno next year. I don't think. Mm, I bet you he gets the start, and then whoever they draft. Is going to uh, you could see, yeah if they draft someone you could see them by the end of the season if the results aren't there for Gino but I think Gino's the starter going into next year. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I think. I don't oh, know. What's interesting that. is how much longer is on Gino's contract. That's something I wish I knew right now. I also don't think that. I think he's LA a free agent. He's... One more year. I'll I don't think up. LA would take Aaron Rodgers for Matt Stafford right now. Like they would do all that to get him. Is and Matt Stafford even going to play football again? Why wouldn't he? Uh, messed up his shoulder. That's the same one that ended Roethlisberger's career. I know Dak came back from it, but at an older age for a less mobile quarterback. It's, I mean, Stafford made a career off his arm strength, no? Yeah, and Calvin Johnson, too. Yeah. And Cooper Cup. That's how he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's why Calvin, that's why Calvin Johnson got, got the MVP. His, Calvin Johnson got his stats padded those first few years. Yeah, and but still that that strong arm. I'm I'm eager to see how he comes back. I I think eager to see where Baker Mayfield goes. A lot of these names are bouncing around, and as it gets closer to the draft and past the draft in this offseason, we'll get to see that QB carousel continue to move along. Here's the official statement from Pete Carroll today: Smith is a pending free agent, and though Seattle and Smith are working on a contract extension, Carroll did not eliminate the possibility of taking a quarterback in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, that's that's the thing that my boy sent me earlier, and I really don't, that that shows no signs of wanting that you want him back. I bet you they could sign Geno Smith back if the mar- if the price is cheap and nobody else goes after him with a big deal, and they draft a quarterback. That would be their favorite scenario, I think. Yeah, they get Geno back on a five million dollar deal, and you get a first round quarterback on a rookie deal. That's a genius move. Yep, give Geno that one year deal as a starter. Let him run it back with his boys. And he earned it. I mean, technically, he's a pro. He was a Pro Bowler last year. I know that doesn't really mean anything anymore, but. But the thing is, with the way that the QB carousel, I keep using that word, but it's such a it, it. It really is with the way it's going around. Geno Smith could get a big contract from one of these teams that's in need, and I could see him in the NFC South. I could see him in a Ravens jersey if things don't work out. Um, Jets bring him back. A lot of different scenarios all around the board. So, um, I I don't think they'll get him back, but ideally, I think they would on that short-term low deal 
and draft one, but I think they draft one either way. That's their long-term plan. They have a young team. That's what the Seahawks are going to roll with. But like I said, we have to keep our eyes on the, all these situations as they unfold. There's one domino. It's a domino effect all around the league. Yes, lots to take care of here in the NFL here this offseason. I feel like we're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers every week, you know, especially these few weeks coming up and such. But lots to look forward to in the NFL. Let's shift our focus over to the NHL. We got a whole ball of wax to unwrap. Let's start it off here quick with Linus Olmark scoring the first goalie goal in Boston Bruins history. 13th goalie goal of all time. Olmark is also the first goalie. To 30 wins this season, also happening in that same game. Great mark for him. That's cool as hell, honestly. Can't say many have done that, right? 13. Ace, got anything to say on that? Yeah, I mean, that's just another another feather in the cap of Linus Olmark's Vesna, Vesna season this year. I mean, 30, goal, 30 wins fastest to it. Puts a goal in. Uh, that's a cherry on top. Obviously, it doesn't really go into a Vesna account. But great, great feat for him, and he'll be remembered for that forever. But uh, I think, really, when you look back five, ten years from now and you say, hey, how did uh, Linus Olmark win that Vesna?" And you can say, some will say that, oh, 30th win, and he put a goal in. But really, if you watched the Bruins last night when we cashed on that money line play, it was the 51 save performance on the road of a back-to-back night, willing his team to an overtime victory, showcasing that even when they don't play elite in front of him, he can get the job done. I mean, by far... Best goalie in the NHL this year. Um, Mackie, let me hear what you have to say about that fellow goaltender. Yeah, like you said, uh, what are they going to look back and see a 51% performance from last night? But to be honest, I think it's more the fact that he's 31-4-1 with an under two goals against average and the best save percentage in the league. Um, yeah, there's just nothing bad to say about this guy. He, We saw it firsthand last night. They got outshot 52-15, to 15, whatever it was, and they won 4-3 in overtime. Guy stood on his head all game, and um, yeah, that goal is honestly just capping off his incredible season that he's having. Um, I think I'm I do think it's gonna be his only season that is like this. I think it's uh, definitely the peak of his career, but he's taking everything he can with this season, and he's just doing everything possible that he's done right. And uh, yeah, this 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 guy's just incredible this year. Bruins are, and the Bruins are talking about dealing this guy at the deadline. It's just no, crazy. that's. That's fake reporters that don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> nah, no, nothing bad to say about this guy, though. Absolutely incredible what he's done this season. Like you were saying, Mackie, um, peaking and whatnot, I mean, obviously I hope not as a Bruins fan, but one thing you can really tell is how confident he's playing, and that's such an important part of the game. We've talked about it before when we were talking about Eichel going to Vegas, but he's on top of everything last night. I don't know if you were watching that game. He mishandled the puck, literally trying to shoot it down for another goal or something, and he comes out atop of his crease and makes two back-to-back saves, and Three to three late in the third after seeing being peppered for forty plus. I mean, he's feeling it right now and he's firing on all cylinders. So great to see it. Um, my futures bet of him winning the Vesna plus one seventy. I think I got it at a few months ago. Is looking really good right now. And one crazy thing is uh, a lot of my Rangers buddies like to say like Mackie that they think the cup's coming home, which is a jinx. You've never heard me say that. But um, they like to say Igor Shesterkin is that that X factor in the series. He's that goalie, and then they like to allude to his Vesna campaign. Well, we might have another one unfolding in front of our eyes, and at that point, I think Olmark and Igor are really at that same level. So, if we look at it, I'm going with that Bruins depth, and I really hope we get that Eastern Conference Finals between uh, Boston and New York. Dude, that that Eastern Conference Finals would be one for the ages, 100%. But, um, 
We haven't we haven't won a cup since '94. Me saying that is not jinxing anything. There's a lot. If that if that's the, if that's the thing that holds us back from a Stanley Cup this year, then I don't I don't know. But uh, yeah, that I, I am I am really hoping for a Bruins Rangers uh, Eastern Conference Finals matchup. That'd be pretty elite. Oh, we we have a lot of uh, other trades to get get underway, as Jesse alluded to, and it's really going to talk about this Eastern Conference as a whole. I mean, it's going to be a beast. These playoffs, I really can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, can, is it coming yet? I know you guys got March Madness, but these NHL playoffs, especially the Eastern Conference, is going to be insane. I'm predicting a lot of Game 7s, a lot of high-scoring matchups. You know we'll have great picks on the card for it. Yes, guys, good stuff there for the first point there in the NHL. The next one I got here is that Tage Thompson scored his 40th goal of the season in a 7-4 win against the Capitals on Sunday to join Skinner, 40 in 2018-2019, and Thomas Vanek, 43 in 2026, and 40 in 2008-2009 as the only Sabre player to hit the mark in a season in the past 20 years. So good mark there for Thompson. Young dude, you know, anything on that? Tage Thompson really flying onto the scene this year. I think guys who have been watching the Sabres a bit, we see him a lot with the Bruins, knew that this was coming, but to expect him to put 40-plus up in his breakout year is pretty crazy, and he's going to be a, he's gonna be there for years to come. He's got that quick release, and he's going to be willing that young Buffalo team to a playoff run within the next few years, I think. So love to see that for him. Exciting player to watch. Yeah, um, basically on the same page as you. This is a this is a pure definition of how you develop a hockey player. Um, a lot of people don't realize that he's twenty six years old and he's he got drafted eight years ago. Um, he just the, the the Sabres they've been developing him for a really long time and uh, he just gotten to the point where he's gotten his confidence and everything and he's just he's tearing up the NHL right now. He's obviously one of the best goal scorers in the league and uh, everyone's everyone just like he came out of nowhere, but. This is a pure develop. This is a pure development of a player, and the uh, the Bru- or the the Sabers did it the right way. He's he's so big and so skilled. I mean, it's tough to it's tough to stop him. We see him do it against the best teams night in and night out. He makes Vasilevsky look crazy. So you really know that that's no fluke this year. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Could you imagine if Eichel is still on that team? I think he is too. Because, dude, I'd rather be on that Sabres team in the next three years than that Vegas team, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that Jack Vegas Eagle team doesn't peak. strike me as a guy that wants to be in Buffalo, though. I think he likes Vegas. Yeah, for the, for his uh, personality aspect, but we're talking just talking hockey-wise. On the ice, yeah. Yeah, this Buffalo team is definitely on the up and up more than that Vegas team. I think that Vegas team has maybe a year or two left in them, and then we'll see what happens as they kind of start to – age out but bro they can make know, it this year like they they, are, they have a good chance of making it this year especially with the run that they are oh i know i think i think if they get logan thompson back and he's able to come back and step right into that lineup i'd like vegas to go far in the playoffs but back to buffalo i think tage i mean what he's done for that team in such a short amount of time has kind of shown what he's capable of in the nhl and i'm excited to see him kind of stay up and continue to have successful years with them. It's obviously another team in the East that's on the up and coming, and uh, we'll have to see what they're capable of over the next couple of years. I think uh, he's definitely going to keep the, the success rolling. Good stuff there, guys. I think it's time to jump in some of these trades that have been happening before the NHL trade deadline, again, happening this Friday, March 3rd. 
Tons of action happening around the league. The first one I got here is that the New Jersey Devils have acquired forward Timo Meyer plus four more players in a 2025 fifth-round pick in exchange for three picks and four players. Uh, plus, I don't even know what else. Oh, I, well, I don't know why it says plus. Picks and four players. Does this put them in the upper echelon of the East as a legitimate contender? And what do we think about San Jose's con- uh, return on this one? I'm not big on this Devils team, Mackie. You're probably going to be the one that has to play them in the first round and obviously getting the guy that we're going to talk about next. I think your Rangers are looking pretty good, but definitely a move that the Devils needed to make. I think this gets them another scorer on the top two lines and the top six that they're able to throw in, but um, I think it's a good move. I'm just not necessarily scared of this Devils team personally. I think they're a little too young. and I think they're building more for the future, but definitely a scary move. if you're a Rangers fan, I mean, this guy you're going to have to see maybe in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I uh, both these teams, the Rangers and Devils, are just suiting up for that first round matchup. It's almost inevitable at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't overlook this Devils team just because everyone else does, and I feel like I don't know. The Rangers can't look past the next round just because they were in it last year. Like the league is, the Devils are good. They're uh, they're definitely rolling right now, and you get you have to play them in the Garden. They're one of the best teams on the road. So um, I'm not really looking past this team, but I do think the inexperience on this team is going to be a big problem when it comes to uh, come to the playoffs. So uh, I think we'll take care of business. But this Devils team is good. You're adding a player like Timo Meyer to that that top six. Um, those top six forwards are really good in, in New Jersey, and they have all the confidence in the world right now. Vanacek's playing well in net. Um, they struggle a little on the back end, but it's a good team. Definitely not overlooking them. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, like we've been saying all year, we've all kind of been trashing on the Devils for their veteran reasons and whatnot. So I don't think Timo Meyer helps too much, but he definitely adds a lot more uh, skill and offense to a team that has a lot of it already. So um, if one of these better veteran teams, older teams, isn't ready to go come playoff time, they could definitely get stunned by a team that can put the puck in the back of the net. Um, I'm still not sold on their goaltenders, and I think they'll give some people fits in the playoffs as they can put up goals in bunches. But... Uh, yeah, I think they got Meyer for a few more years, too, or they don't have him just for this season, right? No, I don't think it's a rental. I think he's I think he's still under contract. I don't think it's just a rental. Yeah, I don't yeah, know so what his contract why, is. A young, a young team, I don't think the Devils are done just this season. I don't think that's a fluke. I think they're going to be in the Metros. A lot of those other teams age out. Um, so definitely a great move. Eager to see how he fits in. A lot of other skilled lefties on that team. So I know that he plays on the wing and in the middle, so... Eager to see how their lineup shakes out, but it'll be fun to watch for sure. But I still think that they get bounced out by one of the better teams out there, mainly the Rangers or the Hurricanes. The first of many trades here that we'll review tonight, but very good pickup here for the Devils. That we will see what happens here for the wild card race and such in the Eastern or the Metro Division. Next up, we got the New York Rangers acquired star winger Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a conditional 2023 second-round pick and the 2023 fourth-round pick. The Arizona Coyotes are also involved in the deal and will be retaining a portion of Kane's $10.5 million salary to help the Rangers fit him under the cap, according to ESPN. I believe it's Arizona's taking like 50 or 20, 50% and then 25 and 25 or whatever. And I don't know, there might be a player involved or something somewhere. I don't know. Big deals. They're they're get they're all getting these three team deals and these four team deals. They get so confusing, and it's just a lot to deal with. Mackie, yeah, the NHL you... ones are great. 
Yeah, the NA, these NHL trades are crazy. They're just giving like, um, Arizona half of his payroll just so we can have him for the season. It's, it, it doesn't really make sense to me, but um, whatever. Uh, we got him. Yeah, um, this offseason was huge for the, for the Rangers. We we, gra- we grabbed Tarasenko, we grabbed Kane. We're just building up for this um, for these playoffs, these hard-fought playoffs. Uh, this this team head to toe is, in my opinion, a top three roster in the NHL. Um, we don't really have any weak points if everyone's playing to their game. Shesterkin's been a little off recently, but I'm not really worried about him. I think he'll figure it out. And then um, we have some of the best D pairs in the league. I know Miller and Fox are just definitely a top three D pair in the league. They're absolutely unbelievable. But um, yeah, um, this this could be good for us. This could be really good. I I thought we were gonna get Kane in last off season, and when we didn't, I was very disappointed. I thought we were gonna have a down year, but this team's playing really well. And Chris Jury's is an unbelievable GM. He basically gave up a bag of pucks for uh, both Vlad, Vlad Tarasenko and um, Patty Kane. So we'll see what we can do with this. Our top our top three lines are just incredible on paper. So if, if they can produce, I really I have no worries going into these playoffs. Before I get started on my take about this Kaner move, um, you know it's pretty funny. Jesse talked about the Coyotes being involved in this deal. I I don't know if you've guys seen the post about their legendary Mount Rushmore they have of guys with Chris Pronger and Pavel Datsuk and Patrick Kane and Shea Weber all being uh, dealt to them in one way or another, but never actually playing for them. So I just think yeah, it's like the funny. list of Coyotes players that they've paid but never played. Exactly. So that's always funny to see. Tough franchise out there. That's why they're playing in Mullet Arena, wherever it is. But uh, back to the Rangers. Patrick Kane, one of my favorite players in the NHL, always has been an American hero nonetheless. But it's tough to see him go to the New York Rangers, especially a team we'll be vying for the Cup with this year. But great move by by them. Um, We all knew it was going to get done. We just didn't know when and how. And the Rangers really forced their hand. And Drury, who himself was a great player and now a great organizational player, manager he's he's doing the right things getting Tarasenko and Kane I mean they're really looking for that depth and veteran experience and some winning experience that the Rangers have been lacking so can't fault them for what they did and they they got it done perfectly Rangers fans should be ecstatic about this I still don't think it puts them over the top to get through the Hurricanes that team my preseason pick besides the Bruins um so I still think they're very stacked I know that the Bruins and Rangers and all these other teams are making a lot of moves but the Canes were stacked coming into the season so that's no easy foe and they still have to get through those pesky doubles at first, but I, I think they will, and I think Patrick Kane's going to be putting up goals and bunches reunited with Artemi Panner and the Breadman. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, definitely out there, and for the boys up in New York. I'll tell you what, the Rangers' path to a Stanley Cup this year is going to have to go through the Devils, the Canes, and the most likely the Bruins. What about the Pittsburgh That's Penguins? In, yeah, and the Penguins. That's what I forgot about them. Um, no, they need to figure it out sooner or later. Actually, no, they're on two game, two game uh, winning streak right now, right? We're doing all right, yeah. As of yeah, two game winning streak, or whatever. But if we don't make a deal by Friday, I, I don't know. You guys have the deal that we have to talk about soon. I'm excited to talk about that one. That was a good move. I said last week I might have a different stance on the Penguins going in. I said, talk to me next week. I said we have a big couple of games coming up. We went three and one in those games. Obviously got wiped by Edmonton on home ice. That's the one we were there for. But on a three-game win streak this uh, this weekend, it's been a good uh, good couple of games here. But um, I think, Jesse, who do we got tomorrow? I think it's Tampa Bay. It's obviously going to be a big one in Tampa Bay. But um, we, we got back on the right foot. Jari's got his feet back under him. Made a great game last night in Nashville. The team rallied. We were down one nothing. 
Crosby tied it on a breakaway, and then we end up winning one or three one, covering the minus one and a half in the last like seven seconds of the game. Brian Russ had one of the craziest empty netters I've ever seen. He was like falling, and the puck like dribbled. I don't know if you saw it. It was on the NHL's Instagram, but um, it was a pretty sick goal. Penguins there, they've played good the past week, and um, I'm gonna say it again. Talk to me in another week. They've been playing good. If we can keep putting stringing together a couple of wins, I think we're gonna be one of those wildcard teams for sure. Like I said last week. Yeah, uh, Jesse actually was wrong about that point. I must have read it somewhere. I thought that the Penguins got Besser, but it must be that they're in on Besser and JT Miller out of Vancouver, and those would both be great ads if they really want to make a run this year. Yeah, you scared me. I'm like, what did I miss? We've been we've been in the conversation for JT Miller for the past couple of years. I feel like that's kind of like that name's um, always I've been floating around that over and over. Yeah, it's always kind of floating around. I don't know. I think he he might be from here. I don't want to quote myself on that. I can look that up, but. He's been in the trade talks to come here for the past couple of years, but I would really like Besser. That'd be a great move. Yeah, either one. I mean, especially nabbing off those Canucks who have nothing to play for. Yeah, if you guys can get Besser, then that uh, changes my outlook on you guys massively. He he grew up in uh, East Palestine, Ohio. <laughs> Who, JT Miller? Yeah. I don't think that's far. I don't think that's I thought far. thought he was a Philly guy. It's only like 100 miles and change. No way. East Palestine? That's so weird. And that's where that terrible <laughs> train wreck was. So, It's literally right oh, outside wait. of Youngstown. Oh. His home team is technically the Penguins. I, I, didn't, I didn't keep reading. Miller played several ice hockey teams up to the age of 5 through 12 before ending up with the Pittsburgh Hornets from age 12 to 16 as the time his parents were living in the Pittsburgh suburbs of Coriopolis. That's where I live. I knew he was from. I knew he was from here, or at least I some he was a part. Philly from guy. Him. Yeah, he lived a couple years here. That's crazy. All right, that was good. That was Besser. good. Can we get both of them? Is that an option or no? That's like a one or the other kind of thing. You're here. I haven't heard either of those. Either way, we're running out of time. I heard they're yeah, going two back days. But could be Besser interesting. Is always on the market. So could be interesting. I wanted Shikrin. Yeah, I wanted him too. We'll get but, to that here I mean, shortly. If we can get one of those guys from Vancouver, that's a great move. I agree. All right, let's jump into this next trade. I don't know how to say his last name right. You know, is it? It's like Janot. Janot. What is it? Oh, uh, Tanner Janot. Janot. Is it literally Janot? Janot. Okay, I, that's what I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. I was like, oh. Next one I got here. Tanner Janot sent from Nashville to Tampa for a boatload of picks. The Tampa Bay Lightning trading for a second-year Nashville Predator forward. On Sunday for defenseman Cal Foot, their third, fourth, and fifth round picks in the 2023 draft, a second round pick in 2024, and a projected 2025 first round pick. What do we think? Another round, ra- another uh, rally in the playoffs here for them. Nashville, I think, absolutely rebuilding now. But what do you guys think, Ace? Um, yeah. So this is kind of crazy to me. I mean, we talk about the powerhouse in the East and all these teams making moves and jumping on the scene, but. Who is always there year in and year out? The Tampa Bay Lightning. And look what they're doing again. They're hanging around that spot to play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. And the path looks the same as it always does for them. And what do they do? Add another depth piece. Solid bottom six forward here in Juneau. And they sent a lot of assets away. But that means they have their eyes on a run. So that's one team we can't count out with me looking at this move at least. Uh, Juneau, good player. Predators really throwing in the towel there. Grabbing a lot of picks for him though. So great, great move. I was going to say my thing, but my takeaway from this whole move is uh, Nashville obviously picked up Tanner Janot as an undrafted free agent and bringing in all those picks and that kind of return for an undrafted guy. What a move by 
I don't know if it was David Poyle that made this move. I know he is retiring at the end of the season or it was effective immediately, but he's been a all-time GM in the NHL and over the past like 25 years, I think he's been in Nashville. And I do, I, I did say I don't think they're a playoff team this year, but I think with all these picks they keep getting, they're going to be a team to watch out for over the next couple of seasons with a young elite goaltender in net and Saros and you know, you still got guys like Yossi, and if they can bring in a couple of goal scorers here and there, they've always been a team that kind of just plugs in like a really good team's second-line winger goes to Nashville and is like a first-line player, and they usually end up making the playoffs. I think they have a streak of the past seven years they've been in the playoffs, so consistency down in Nashville, and um, I think that stems down from the front office on. But a, like a move like this where you can trade an undrafted player for that many picks, I mean, props to the front office for that one. Nashville, I think the future is looking bright for them, but not necessarily this year. All right, boys, good stuff there. Let's jump into some news for the Bruins here. They acquired defenseman Dmitry Orlov and Fernette Hathaway from, Was- from the Washington Capitals in a three-team trade that also included the Minnesota Wild. Some plays and picks involved in this, uh, but does this give the Bruins more of a punch to keep it going here with their already very impressive season? Ace, let's send it over to you again here for your Bruins. Yeah, I mean, two great moves for a team that's already deep enough, in my opinion, and they really got rid of the right pieces and got the right salary retained to uh, have the ability to make another move, which I'm excited to see as we know that Sweeney's not done. I mean, he's not, this is really just a time to take a glimpse at what Sweeney's done the last few years, especially coming into this season. He added Lynn Holm and inked him at the deadline last year, added Taylor Hall. He brought back Krejci. He brought in Forbert. He brought in um, Pavel Zaka for Eric Halla. And now he's bringing in Orlov and Hathaway. So, all Mark brought in that time too. So all these pieces they brought in for giving up not very much, um, really making our team have depth. And Orlov showing up the last two nights, he had five points in the last two games on this West Coast trip. That's a great defenseman to add to the mix. Another size guy with experience and uh, championship pedigree. And then Hathaway adding some nasty to that fourth line and a veteran presence. So um, I already thought they had enough. Love to see this move. Uh, I feel like we're going to be talking about the Bruins a lot in the coming weeks. So don't need to say too much more, but I, I like what they're doing. I'm excited to see if they do something else. But uh, the, the plethora of defensemen is always a good thing to have on a playoff team. Yeah, and we saw the immediate impact of what was it last night or when we had the Bruins and he had the two goals, or was that against the Oilers? No, two nights ago against the Oilers, he had two assists and they won 3-2. to two. Last night, he had two goals and one assist in a 4-3 overtime. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen the immediate impact and – like you said, Bruins are just kind of gearing up for a cup run here. So um, I, di- I didn't see this move coming. I thought that was a great move for them, uh, especially like you said, Hathaway was kind of just like a throw-in player. He's going to be great on your guys' third, fourth line, any bottom six player like that. So um, I like this move for the Bruins. Yeah, the depth is just crazy. I mean, you have Coyle, Hall, and uh, Frederick on your third line. That's crazy. And then you go Hathaway, Felino, Nosek as your fourth line. That's that's a playoff roster. And um yeah, it's just happy to see you get, get it for a cheap return, so not giving up too much in the process, but it's going to be uh, exciting down the stretch. I don't know if you guys saw any of those goals by Orlov last night. The second one, that 1-T bomb off the faceoff. I mean, Bergeron's mm-hmm. Sel- Mr. Selkie, and he wins like every faceoff. With Marshawn and Posnarok and McAvoy or Lindholm that he's played with like his whole career, they have so many crazy faceoff plays that they score for goals that I watch like night in and night out. And they had this brand new one where they had like, a left-handed defenseman on the right point 
on the end zone faceoff, and then the other left-handed defenseman like off in the middle, and he just set it up for one tire Bergeron won it right to him, offset, wide open. I've never seen that before, and it's just another crazy play. Great piece, but great ad. Um, not not nothing like Patrick Kane, but definitely someone that fits the system well. Yeah, well, you guys didn't need to really add a Patrick Kane. You guys just got some role players, got some pieces to fill in some uh, some spots, and uh, you're just building that team up to a. Uh, Basically, be a super team at this point. Hmm. It's the whole East. Super teams out East. Yeah. The Bruins adding to their uh, impressive season here yet again with Orlov. So we'll see where they uh, end up come the playoffs. Let's rip through. Uh, let's rip through a couple more of these. Starting off with the Vegas Golden Knights have acquired forward Ivan Barbashev from the St. Louis Blues in exchange for prospect forward Zach Dean. Um, interesting pick there. Next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to add to their NHL trade deadline by acquiring defenseman Jake McCabe and forward Sam Lafferty, as well as a conditional fifth-round draft choice in both the 2024 and the 2025 uh, drafts from the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks just shaving off more there as the trade deadline approaches. Next, the Edmonton Oilers have acquired defenseman Mattias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. The Predators will receive blue liner Tyson Berry, prospect Reed Schaefer, and first-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft and a fourth-round selection in the 2023 draft as well. Ace, you got anything on this one? Yeah, the Oilers are really dipping into the trade market. I know they were looking for a left defenseman. Matthias Eichholm fills that role perfectly. He's been to a Stanley Cup, but not one one with the Nashville Predators and been a mainstay on that defensive blue line um, behind Roman Yossi. And I know they were in the market for Gavrikov or maybe Chitrin or Orlov or somebody, and it ended up being him. So I think that's a great move. The Oilers always struggle in the playoffs with keeping guys out. That's some gritty, tough hockey right there by Eichholm. will give you big minutes night in and night out be able to match up with those teams out west, especially for this Oilers team that's looking to get over the hump and make its first Stanley Cup with McDavid. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you just kind of have to go all in for McDavid. Um, he's done. He's having the season of his of his career, and uh, just look at, just looks like he's going to go up from here. He's just absolutely ridiculous, and he's really showing it this year. Um, he's seven years into the league, so he's got to he's got to do something sooner or later. Um, it's going to tarnish his legacy if he doesn't. So, um, yeah, if I'm the Oilers, I'm just doing everything I can to just make this guy happy and get him all the pieces he needs to uh, make that Stanley Cup run. Yeah, the Predators just uh, shaving off a little more there as well. And the Oilers getting a big pick, or a good, a solid defenseman there. Let's move on to our next one. The Los Angeles Kings have acquired defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov and goaltender Honus Corposalo from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a 2023 first-round draft pick, a 2023 third-round draft pick, and goaltender Jonathan Quick. The Kings in the the Kings parting ways with Jonathan Quick after uh, many seasons playing there. He having his best some of his best seasons there. What do we think about this one? Ace, you want to get us going? Yeah. Um. Mac, you think Corpusal, he's definitely going in there to take that starting job, right? Yeah, I mean, he's going to go in there uh, guns blazing and shit, I'm assuming. But I don't know. It's not very, it's not very easy to take a spot from a guy who's 18-4-1. and four and one. Um, Copley, however you want to say, Copley, Copley. He's been, he's been getting the job done. And, and um, 
Corpusala is definitely a good piece to add. It uh, quicks, quicks done. That was you, you needed yeah. somebody else in there, but um, great career with a, the Kings. So let's, they let's have a, that. yeah, they they have a really nice goalie tandem now. The Corpusala is uh, definitely a competitor, and he's going to try to win that starting spot. But uh, Copley's very good too, so we'll see what's what what ends up happening there. But um, Kings got something good going over there now. You know what's crazy is remember a couple, I mean months ago now at this point, the start of the NHL season when they cut what was his name, Cal Peterson. Yep. Yeah, he was a. We were all like amazed by that, and then we didn't even know about this Copley guy. Obviously, Quick was. We were assuming Quick was going to step in there. This Cop, Phoenix Copley guys come out of nowhere, and like you said, Mackie, eighteen and four. Now you get a tandem of Corpusalo and Copley. I really like what the Kings have going there. I agree. I think the Kings is a playoff team. I really think Corpusalo is going to get the lion's share of the net, and he's going to take over if he can stay healthy. He's a great goaltender, and uh, he's burnt us on the card a few nights actually. Good stuff there. Quick ending up with the Blue Jackets there in Columbus. Let's jump over to this next one. Also on the East Coast, the Washington Capitals continuing to retool Wednesday, trading forward Lars Eller to the Colorado Avalanche for a 2025 second-round draft choice. The Capitals will retain 31% of Eller's $3.5 million salary cap hit. Just crazy, all this salary cap retention stuff. But what do you guys think about this one? Lars Eller to the Avalanche. Good depth add for the Avalanche. Um, we already know that it's going to be their top guns up there. But nice to see them grabbing another guy for the bottom of the lineup who's uh, won a Stanley Cup, been league for a while, and uh, will help out their bottom six for sure. Not much else there. And our final trade that I think we're going to review here is the Ottawa Centers of Required defenseman Jacob Chetrin from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a conditional first-round pick in 2023, a conditional second-round pick in 2024, and a second-round pick in 2026. Chetron to the Senators for a handful of picks. Mackie, why don't you get us started on this one? Yeah, um, I don't know the most about this guy, but just the Senators team in general. I mean, they're, um, they're sitting right outside... There, there's a lot of teams out there, so I'm not going to say they're sitting right outside that wild card spot, but they really are only a few points out, and they're on a nice little streak right now. Those top, those top players on that team, Debrinket, um, Stutzel, Kachuk, uh, they're all just really stepping up right now. Um, they're making a run, and that, and like I said in the beginning of the season, I was completely wrong, Ace, about who they would be, who they would be um, going up against. But uh, I did say that they would probably be fighting for that last wild card spot, and then. And they're really coming together. That team's really figuring it out. Those big players are stepping up. And um, let's see what they could do. They definitely got something going in the next few years for that team. Are they, are they really in the hunt? Yeah, they're like three points out. Really? I didn't see that coming. I When I first saw this move, I thought it was more towards uh, next year. Because I think he's still going to be under contract. Jacob Chitron, a guy you see in the trade deadline news. Like, I feel like year in and year out. And he finally finds his way out of Arizona. But uh, good spot to land. A lot of young pieces there. I still think the Senators are a year or two away from being a very good team, led by the young Brady Kachuk. Uh, likes to run his mouth. If you saw him taking on the whole other team the other night. I forget who he was playing. I think the Red Wings. But, um, yeah, great ad there. Could put them over the top and put them over the hump to get to the playoffs. But uh, I think he's going to be a good piece on that defensive blue line for years to come, especially with Thomas Trabot, too, already. Um, I know they have goaltending issues, but that can only help out. And that young guy, Mad Sogard, kind of come onto the scene a little bit. So, 
It's 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 a decent team up there in Ottawa. A lot of skill, and they add this guy for a boatload of picks. And when you have that many young players, you don't really need to hold on to those picks. I know they have like Pinto and everybody else, Stutzel, Kachuk, Chitrin now. I mean, not a lot of age up there. The Giroud, the only one. So eager to see what they can put together. I know Hoff's a little salty that there's pens and go out and grab this defenseman, but the price seemed pretty high. Yeah, I think that's what the ultimate deterrent was away from uh, Hextall jumping on him. I would have liked to have a, I mean, him, him being a six-two left-handed defenseman. That's exactly what I think the Penguins are looking for. But when the price is a little too high, you gotta, you know, make the decision yourself on if it's worth it. Clearly, the Penguins decided to move on from it. Um, but like we said, I, I had no clue about this Brock Besser, JT Miller news. I knew about JT Miller. Like I said, I've been hearing that for three years, but. I'm, I'm, I want Besser. Fuck Jacob Chikrin. Go to Ottawa and worry about yourself in three years. Like you said, I don't see much coming out of this Ottawa team for the next two or three years. But, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm all over. I don't know. I wanted him, but like I said, the price was too high. It's too high. With these guys coming from out west in these small markets on these bad teams, I mean, we saw this with Hampus Lindholm last year coming to the Bruins. And he turned into a top 25, top 20 defenseman now. Um, do you think Chitrin has the potential to jump into that next big group? I know that his name's been linked to a lot of places as being a stud, but do you think he can get to that top 25, top 20 defenseman range? Yeah, I was going to say, going from a team like Arizona, I think going to a team like Ottawa where you have a bunch of other young skill players around you, like uh, a Brady Kachuk, a Pinto, you know, they have, and then they have veterans like Giroux to lead the team and stuff like that. I don't know how long he'll be there, but. I do like I I think it's a good fit for him in Ottawa. I do think he'll he'll strive there. Yeah, I'll be excited to watch as this playoff uh wild card race heats up. I know that we want to talk about that a bit as well. That's probably our last point on the NHL. We don't have other trades, do we? Trade deadline's Thursday or Friday. For some reason, I thought it was March first, but it's March. No, 3rd. it's the third. Oh yeah, that is in two days. I'm an idiot. I was thinking today was Monday for some reason. I went to a P Bruins game the other day while we wait for Jesse to get back, and uh, Mike Riley was playing for the, yeah, Mike Riley was playing for the Providence Bruins, and uh, I was like, he would be good on some Huff. Like your Penguins could use Mike Riley, literally, he's good. The, I feel like the Bruins farm team right now, with how much depth you guys is probably so <laughs> sick, are they? Yeah, it's fucking retarded. There's so many like NHL players there. Chris Wagner, Mike Riley, they have like Oscar Steen. Then we have like that top prospect of Sean. Uh, then like Loco, other guys that have been on our fourth line this year already. So it was fun to watch. Yeah, I did see you were there. That was that did look sweet. I've never. I mean, Malcolm Subban was definitely on that. Super I think they were close playing. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Everything's close for round. It's like uh, yeah. everything's like thirty minutes away. <laughs> but everything's um, it is no. But Malcolm Subban was <laughs> think in that about too. It. Isn't that the the Rangers uh, farm team? Who? Malcolm Subban. He's, he's in the he's in the Rangers farm team. Isn't that the Rangers farm team? The Americans. <laughs> I I used to be the Wolfpack. The I don't know if it still is. Rochester Americans, I think. Dude, I don't know. I I can't tell you. It was Malcolm Subban though. I was like, that's kind of cool. He used to be. A- is it? No, that's probably Buffalo. I'm pretty sure ours is the Wolfpack. Yeah, it says he it plays is the for Wolfpack. Buffalo. Yeah, it is the okay. Wolfpack. Make me second guess myself. Well, their logo, they're, they're red, white, and blue, and called the Americans. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's got to be the Rangers farm team. You can. Yeah, yeah, you would think that, but no. Why would they? Why would they make it that simple? Yeah, but no. 
Um, I think, Jesse, we're just going to go to the wild card. Alrighty, lots of trades happening here in the NHL, as we've said. Again, the deadline here on Friday, like I keep saying. But let's jump into this uh, wild wild card race in the Eastern Conference. Let me go over it real quick. The current two teams as of today, if the playoffs started today, in the playoff spots are the New York Islanders with 70 points and the Penguins with 69 points. I'm going to go down the list here because it is a seven, like I think Ace just said, a seven-team race for the wild card in the East. Next up, the Sabres, 66 points, Panthers, 66, Senators, 64, Red Wings, 64, and the Capitals, 64. A daringly close race. Jeez. All right. Who wants to start us off with this one? Yeah, I can get us going on here. Um, we've seen a lot of movement in these past few weeks on these on these seven teams, but um, it's, it's really getting down to just every single game. You have to win every single game. You're playing... Um, what I what did I just say? Um, Ottawa played Detroit two games in a row. I think back to back days, and we had uh, Detroit in the first first of the back to back, and they won both of them. And now they're sitting in the same spot. Um, they're sitting at the same amount of points in that in that division, and it's it's just getting really close down to these down to the wire. I really like the Senators team, and they're adding some players. Um, I know I said I like the Panthers last week, but they they just haven't. This, even in the last week, they just haven't performed. How I thought that they would. I they're um I just think they're gonna fall off a little bit. I still like the Sabres. The Sabres are sitting there. They're sitting pretty with sixty six points. Um, they have the game. They they have a, only fifty nine games played opposed to everyone else, which is over sixty. Um, I don't know. It's getting really close. Ace, what do you think about this? I think we need to find a place where we can get some lines on who's gonna make these bubble spots because that'd be a pretty cool thing to look at. But um, I I can't go with the Sabres here. I think that the young team's gonna falter down the stretch. I love the Panthers. I think I still like them to squeak in at the eighth spot just because of the talent on that roster, but their goaltending issues and Spencer Knight stepping away from the game, not a lot going on in the right direction for the Panthers there down in Florida. Um, the Penguins, I, I do think they get in. If, if I'm going to bounce anybody out of that playoffs to be the not be the Panthers, it's going to be the Islanders and the Penguins. They've been there before. They've done it. That Capitals team is selling. Um, we saw them get rid of Orlov, Hathaway, Eller, and I think a few others. Um, yeah, Sabres too young. It's going to be a three-team race for me, really, even though on paper it's not. But it's the Pens, the Isles, and the Panthers for me. Three best teams. Those are the teams that can actually make a, a legitimate run in the playoffs as well, in my opinion. So I think that they have time to make some moves if they need to, and that would help them get over the top. Um, Hoff, I know you're probably leaning with your Penguins too, but who do you think comes out of this mess? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I lean... Penguins and Islanders. I said that last week. I actually think the Penguins are in a position where they could pass up the Islanders, and we had two huge games against them two weeks ago uh, where we went 0-2. We do see the Islanders on home ice next week. So I said the Penguins are in Tampa Bay tomorrow night. After that, they go to Florida on Saturday, and then they're home for five straight against the Blue Jackets, Islanders, Flyers, Rangers, and Canadians. So I like to think, obviously, five games at home. You go at least three and two, you know, you're picking up points. If they can pick up points in those losses, maybe against a Rangers team or an Islanders team, if they struggle with one of those elite goaltenders, I really think the Penguins could be looking to grow in this three-game win streak if they can get past Tampa Bay. Um, I'm looking, you know, like I said, Florida, or like you said, Florida's kind of been on the downhill slide the past week or so. And I think if maybe the Penguins make a move come Friday, I think I could be talking about the Penguins as maybe a, a seven, like a whatever that top wild card spot's gonna be. So let me ask you this: You guys understand how these seedings work a little better than I do. So if the Penguins sneak in and 
as that top wild card spot. Who are they going to play? The team with the most points in the in either. No, the first, the division. first, the first wild card, like the. Yep. Oh, they'll play. They'll play Carolina. So the the number one team that has the most points. So the number both the number one that teams the in the division, seed, and then the other division winner plays the seven seed. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. And then they play okay. each other, and then the winner. The other divisional brackets play each other. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, if the Rangers beat the Devils, they have to play the if in the case, assuming the it Kings win, they it have to play reseed. the Kings. It doesn't reseed. It stays on yeah. your side. Atlantic uh-huh. Metro, and then you add the wild cards. Um, top wild card plays the lower. See, that's of where the I get confused leaders. when they were do. Do you say it doesn't reseed? Does not. Okay. What well, I think they I should do. I think it's so dumb how they keep it in division. I think that the three seed in the Met should play the two seed in the Atlantic, and the three seed in the Atlantic should play the two seed in the Met. I don't know why you're sitting there giving them divisional divisional matchups when you play the divisional teams nine times in a season. Because like, they it, it, want rivalries on it's TV. It's better allegedly. hockey. Yeah, they want the they it, want the rivalry. Allegedly. I just, yeah. Okay. Okay. For 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 that, that's the only reason though. I don't like that at all. I I, think I like one through eight. What? I also like 1-8. through eight. Yeah, we had that. It was working so well. Why are you switching it up? Gary Bettman. Yeah, it's not like they it's not like they changed the format and they added a ninth team. It's still eight teams make the playoffs. Like why was, I I don't understand why they literally went away from two, the one through eight. It was a, to create rivalries. It, no, it's also to make sure that That's like, exactly enough what it was. enough teams on each division. division are going each enough teams on each division are actually going to make it in. So That's it's not like six teams in one division making it and two in another division making it. Mm-hmm. Like you're guaranteed at least three teams now. I also think, I mean, I, I like one through eight because you get the best eight teams. I don't care. I could care less if one if seven make it from one team, one division, and one makes it from another. Like, I want to see the best team. Yeah, but the ratings care, and that's that's literally the only thing that thing that makes sense. It's like in football, everyone talks about you win your division, do you get a home playoff game? It's like, and then you see a seven-win team get a home playoff game, and you're like, this team does not deserve this against like the team they're playing. Like, I mean, we're, we're kind of done with football, but yeah, the Bucks and Cowboys. I was just gonna say that, but but yeah, getting back on this um, wild cards, wild card hunt. I know you, I know you guys are sitting in that second wild card spot right now, but you can basically say that you're the number one wild card team right now. Um, you're one point behind the Islanders with four games under your belt. So exactly, that's why I said that. You're basically the first seed in the wild card right now, assuming you get one point in your next four games, which I assume you will. But um, yeah, the Islanders have played a shit ton of games. They've played at least two games over every other team, and they've played five more than the Sabers. So I mean, we're sitting twenty, twenty-five games out, something like that. Twenty-three games out. Um. There could be a lot of movement in these teams. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with my my take of Penguins Islanders. My new take is gonna be Penguin Sabers, and I'm gonna stick with that now. Penguins Isles hate both of them, so. <laughs> I think those are all good predictions. Who would you, Ace? Here's a question: Since you're actually probably gonna have to deal with this. Who would you want to see out of, say those, say those four teams, the top four teams? Who do I want to see the most? Yeah, the Sabers. Sabers. And who would yeah. you want? Who would you want to see the less, the least? The Panthers. 
Okay, so the two teams that you think are going to make it fall in between there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say as a Rangers fan, the Islanders are the last team I want to see there, but that's just because they always beat the shit out of us. The Islanders can't score enough goals to beat the Bruins. Sorokin can uh, can, de- Sorokin de- can definitely steal a game or two, though. Yeah, the Bruins have handled them this year, and we used to, when we lost them in the playoffs a few years ago, it was because we got beaten up, and we're a much bigger team now, and our de- defensive core is much better. Um the Islanders, I'm not afraid of. The Penguins, I think we match up every strength they have. We have the same, and then we go down the lineup, and it's stronger in their goaltending issues. Um, I think if Bob plays well, I know he sucks in the playoffs sometimes. And that Pan- the Panthers just have the most firepower, really. I think that's what the Bruins have. The, the only way they lose is if they give up six goals. So I think they can put up a lot of offense, so I don't want to see the Panthers. And the, the Sabres, I think any team would handle. Alrighty, boys, good stuff out of the NHL. Again, that wild card race heating up. Lots of good stuff to talk about there in the coming weeks. Let's shift our focus over to the NBA. A couple, a couple points here, and maybe we'll review some standings and such. The first one here, Damian Lillard scores a career-high 71 points against the Rockets on Sunday night en route to a 131-114 win. This is his third time this season surpassing 50 points and second time surpassing 60 Big feat there, three times over 50 points this season. Very impressive for Damian Lillard. Anything on that? Yeah, obviously we've heard, I mean, crazy stats about Lillard all throughout his whole career and really doesn't mean much until he decides he wants to leave Portland. So, I mean, he can keep breaking all these – he can keep breaking all these crazy records. He's the leading scorer in Trailblazers history. Like, yeah, all that stuff's cool, but you don't got a ring, dude. I'm on the other side of the coin there, Huff. Did you see the, the quote he had the other day after he played against Russell Westbrook? I did, and that, that actually made me think a lot about, like, it, does it work often? The like, grass isn't always greener on the other side. But it more often than times, it, if you pick the... Not like, really, know. Huff. Think about it. Think about the ring chasers. Who won besides KD going to the Warriors? And KD went to a super team. Kawhi, Kawhi got traded, so it's different. But, but like, Lillard could do that. That's what we said. L- about Lillard can do what? Too though, coming off an MVP season. Just go join any team. Like it's the NBA. These guys can join any team they want to. But like, I respect I don't, I don't know if Lillard. I don't know if Lillard has that pull to say I want to go here and he and he can go there. There's maybe four you have a much players shorter leash. that can do that. You have a much shorter leash on the road too, and you're a veteran that's been there in the league for so long, and everything changes. That's it's not as easy as it seems, especially in the old age. I, I like that he stays well, I mean, so long. I'm a big fan of loyalty. At this point, he's their hero. He should never leave there, I think. At this point, he's, yeah, he's no a, he's a hero, but literally only in Portland. And he like you can exactly. either be okay with and that or you can... How often do I watch Trailblazers games? I hear about... Exactly. I love Dame. I think he's a great player, electric point guard, you know, clutch shooter. I've seen all the crazy playoff moments. But, like, I mean... Other than the first round of playoffs, guys, like I don't watch that many regular season Trailblazer games. I see all these crazy stats he puts up, but I don't know, I'd like team, to see him no. in a bigger market. Huff, did you see uh, his freestyles in their delay on a bus the other day or a, or a plane? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he's a dog for that. I love Dane Dalla. I mean, does the three-point shot. He yams the ball, plays all around, big energy, Dame time. I mean, can't beat that. So definitely fun to watch. Happy for him to get 70. Uh, eager to see what he can do with this team down the stretch. Yeah, very impressive feat for him. But a big comeback 
happening here in the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers overcame a 27-point deficit to defeat the Dallas Mavericks 111-108 on Sunday, completing the largest comeback in NBA this season. LeBron coming out with a foot injury in this matchup supposedly will miss extended time. What do you guys think about this one? Yeah, I had the Mavericks in this one, uh, minus four. I was texting Mackey throughout the whole first half when the Mavericks were up about 20. They were flirting 25, I think, at one point. And then it got down to 15, and then it was 10, and then I knew I was going to lose whenever I turned it on, and it was tied. But, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Kyrie and the Mavs just haven't really been getting it done lately. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, Huff, and... The tough thing is, though, those Lakers came back with LeBron and AD and whatnot, and then we have them here tonight on the card um, without LeBron and AD and Russell. Without either so, of them. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's going to be tough for this Lakers team that's on the outside looking in. I think they're in the playing tournament, and they need to put wins together. So LeBron going down right now is not the most, not the best news that they've had of the season. So I'm I'm eager to see how they stick around. I know they've been playing good basketball. I know Mackey's liked them lately. Uh, you want to talk about that a bit, Mackey? While, while we're on the topic of Anthony Davis, did anyone see the video of him playing 2K as himself and he got hurt? No. Yeah, <laughs> with the, Dude, when he blocked the guy and came crying. down and he's holding his ankle. I was crying watching that video. Him just watching himself as a video game player like roll around on the ground. And he's like realizing, holy shit, this I is I saw that. That was, to, that was to die for. <laughs> that couldn't have that happened so at funny. a better time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we heard LeBron say about two weeks ago this is the most important 25, 26 games of his life, which is crazy considering he's had a... It's still the 20- funniest thing LeBron's ever said. Yeah. Like, um, he said he's some dumb shit. Career. But in all honesty, I mean, he, he, this, is, this is really taking a toll on his legacy these last few seasons. And people, are, people just seem to forget what he's done, but... Um, they are really important. He needs to get to the playoffs. He can't be missing the playoffs with a team that he has Anthony Davis on, and I guess they really have nothing else. But um, he's he's living up to his word, is what I'm getting at. He they've uh, they're three and one since he said that. They're uh, they're I think they're sitting in a playing game playing spot right now too. But um, I don't know. I really like this Lakers team coming down the stretch. I think LeBron's gonna be able to get it done. It, it's a lot different team than it was a week and a half ago. They made a lot of moves. Um, yeah, just, I just I like this Lakers team. I like them to get into the playing tournament and uh, have a spot to actually get into the playoffs. Yeah, tough one there for you, Huff, having Mavs uh, minus four. Lakers making that big comeback. Next up, we have the Charlotte Hornets. Point guard LaMelo Ball fractured his right ankle, right, right ankle in Monday's game against the Detroit Pistons. The team announced he will miss the rest of the se- regular season with this injury. Hornets are terrible, so it really yeah. doesn't matter You're for right. that. But um, hopefully he gets better. Just take the year off. He'll be back. He'll be good. Another injury for uh, Lamelli. You hate to see that young star in the league. Yeah, at least it's not coming at important times when he's making a playoff push or something. Yeah, he'll bounce back and have some down the stretch, I'm sure. But yeah, like like Mackie said, they're not the best team. I mean, he's obviously the guy down there. You hate to see it. Good player, like Ace said. Yeah, it's looking like they're going to be without him for the rest of the year. So Hornets are looking to the future. I feel like we hear that. That's kind of the narrative down in Charlotte. 
we'll see what they can do next year. Alrighty, I think that's just going to about do it for everything we got here this week. Some news in the NFL, NBA, NHL trade deadline. Lots to look forward to in the coming weeks, so make sure you tune in each and every week. That's all I got. Anything else, guys? Yeah, that's going to do it for me. Like uh, like usual, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening at. Leave a like, review, comment, repost, share, whatever you kids do nowadays. We appreciate the support. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I'll stay at best. Um, see you next week. Yeah, keep checking out those socials. You know, we got a lot coming on. Uh, March Madness, the the stretch run for those NBA and NHL leagues coming. And uh, we're eating on the daily card. Make sure you're tapping in and following the boys. See you guys next week. Go Bees. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again and see you next week.